Blog Talk Radio. Anyone want coffee? Hello, fellow book writers and caffeine fiends. Welcome to A Daily Cup of Joe, where you'll get to hear from publishing industry pros and affirm your inner bookworm. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Joe Michaels of the Joe Michaels blog, here once again with a special Tuesday morning edition of A Daily Cup of Joe. Grab your coffee, a notepad, and a pen, and get comfy while you meet my amazing guest today, Janet Wallace. Janet is the founder of UtopiaCon, the awesome writer's conference you've been hearing so much about here on the show. And she's the mastermind behind Social Deviance, a social media marketing intensive that will take your brand to a whole new level. You can visit at utopiacon.com and thesocialdeviance.com. After the show, go check those sites out. The links are below in the description. Okay, I've gabbed long enough. It's time to let Janet have the floor. Good morning, Janet. Good morning, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming. So um, how do you take your coffee? That's a question I've been asking people. (laughs) Um, I love my coffee with cream and no sugar, Just, just cream. Just cream, no sugar. Okay, so Correct. you like it just a little bit bitter. Yes, a little bit. <laughs> I used to I used to douse it in sugar. You know, I used to douse it in in all fake sweeteners and then natural sugar, and um, I just started slowly weaning myself off of it. And then I guess the past year, uh, I've really just taken it with cream, and I enjoy it so much more now. <laughs> because you can actually taste the coffee, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm a coffee snob. I have to order mine from Louisiana. So, oh, I know that sounds terrible. Anyway, <laughs> let's jump into the questions here. Um, as as everyone listening knows, Janet is the mastermind behind Utopia. She's the one who came up with the idea. So I'm dying to know, where did the idea from, for Utopia come from? Well, there's there's uh, there's two backstories to the founding of UtopiaCon. Um, the first one was that I was actually building Social Deviance, and I got my first iPad uh, in 2011, April of 2011, and I had the Kindle app on it, and so it completely changed my reading habits. I went from reading one book a month to reading three to five a week, and within six months, I realized that all of these, you know, 99 cent authors, you know, the delivery system and and what you were able to get from Amazon at the time had changed, so you could get. Uh, books for next to nothing and discover a whole new world of authors. And so within six months, I had read about 145 books. And I realized that these women authors that I was reading in the paranormal YA realm were actually helping me build my business because I had spent all day working on um, social deviance, building the systems and structures, getting their clients, et cetera. And then at night, I just wanted to go home and read a book and have a glass of wine. And I just, I realized that I wanted to thank them in some way. And so I wanted to meet them and I knew that I wanted to do that. The other side to that story is I was already in a writing group. I had, uh, I was the organizer of a kid lit meetup group here in Nashville and was already working on a children's book of my own. And my background is in marketing and special events. And so I just, one day I walked into my kid lit group and I said, Hey, I'm going to start a conference. Who's with me? And a bunch of hands went in the air. And some of those faces, you know, and you see around the conference, Lindsay and Jamie and April and Dina and Susan. And they helped me put this thing together. Uh, The very first one was in July, the first week of July of 2012, almost five years ago. And uh, it was just, it was, it's been, you know, it's just been such an amazing ride. And the reason that we, did it was probably the reason that a lot of our authors out there started writing. Um, you know, Twilight was was huge and massive. And, and while one person said, okay, now I need to write a book like this, 
uh, I decided, well, now I need to hold a conference like this and bring everyone together where, where no matter how old you were, whether you were 16 or 65, you would feel, you wouldn't feel judged for swooning over a 200 year old vampire, you know, because I felt like some of the bigger, you know, like the comic cons and, and all those comic book conferences, I felt like, um, they, you know, they have all the big explosions and the skimpy outfits and the crazy and this, 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 that. And I just wanted to bring it to a place where we, we honored and did not judge, um, the kinds of books that we loved. You know, we didn't want to be ashamed to say that we loved, that we were team Edward or team Jacob or whatever. And so it started as a paranormal YA conference in 2012. Okay. So it used to be Utopia with a YA, and now it's Utopia okay. with an IA. So would you mind telling the listeners, like, why the name changed from YA to IA? Um, well, we started again as a young adult paranormal. Hello? This is Hello. Janet. Hello. Hi. Oh, my goodness. What? <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. I do not know what happened. All of a sudden, I was talking to dead air, and I thought, I've yeah, lost it, her. Oh, no. It just cut off. I'm so sorry. So sorry. And then I tried to call you, and I think you were trying to call in, and it was just a big old, yeah, I'm not going to use that word I, because we're PD. <laughs> I was. Apologies to the audience for any technical difficulties or inconvenience that that caused but here we are i'm back okay well <laughs> i don't know what you heard i have no idea what you heard or where it got cut off but um just to recap the expansion piece it was a natural progression we now have the team and the resources to manage all of the people and the genres that we are have expanded into and it, it, you know, middle grade is one of my favorite categories anyway to read. It's very, the, the innocence that's there and the wonder and the imagination, I feel like a lot of the time sets the tone and the pace of the trends that come after it for young adult especially. And I just, it just seems the right thing to do. And I'm very excited about it. Oh, I'm excited about the middle grade ad too, because I actually have a middle grade series. So and I didn't usually bring it because, right. you know, it was for an older audience. So I'm excited to bring that with me next year. Yeah. So um, the 2016 conference, what are you most looking forward to that you, you have planned that, you know, going on? Okay, that is a really tough question because how do, you, how do I answer that? What am I most looking forward to? I, I, I think the exciting thing is, one, yay, we made it to five years. <laughs> We're <laughs> celebrating. Um, I, I'm excited because there's a lot of returning uh, authors who, you know, started out with us. And it's so interesting because we've sort of grown together. Uh, they were self and indie published authors back in 2012, and now they have book publishing deals and audiobook deals, and their, their books have been optioned for TV or for other uh, entertainment um, you know, things, and it's just, it's so exciting. So I'm excited to welcome old faces back and, of course, all of the new faces every year that we see. It just gets um, bigger and better and, and more exciting for me and for the team and, and hopefully for everyone who attends as well. But the people is always the, the thing I the most look forward to. Uh, but we've got some really exciting stuff going on, too. I know we have that Harry Potter film screening. That's so exciting for the fan fiction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. We're everybody is so pumped about that. I can't even begin to tell you. So um, the ne the theme for next year is revolution. Um, I'm, I, I know my listeners are dying to know why why revolution. What what where does that come from? Oh, okay. Well, um, I, for the five year anniversary, I wanted sort of a landmark milestone theme. Um, for those of you who don't know who are listening, every year Utopia has a theme. So the first year it was werewolves, the second year it was angels, the third year it was aliens and sci-fi, um, the fourth year it was time travel, and so the fifth year I thought, what is a five-year landmark-worthy theme? And so I've been thinking about it, honestly, since about year two, when the goal was, okay, can we make it five years? And if so, this is the theme I want. Um, and then before I announced it, I discovered that um, another event had decided to use that theme. Of course, they could not have known that we were going to use it because it's not like it was announced. 
but it was one of those things that um, I decided, you know, I think that's too close together. It's going to confuse people, I think. And so I was bahamed out um, because I was really excited about it. And I'd all, I had all this marketing stuff planned around it. We'd already had the logo done, all kinds of stuff. I couldn't wait to reveal it. So I was stuck in a rut. And I thought, okay, what can it be? And I thought about it for about two and a half months and went round and round with a bunch of different theme ideas. And then finally, um, I just started listening to what was going on around me. There's so much change happening right now. I mean, we thought five years ago there was a lot of change in the publishing industry, but it just keeps, there keeps, it keeps happening and there's so much going on. And, and, and I thought, well, this is a great time. You know, change is a big deal. And, and with change, there's, there's resistance. Um, and, there's also pockets of people who pull together to make things happen. And so revolution just seemed like a really exciting theme to work with uh, in the, that paralleled what was happening in the publishing industry. You know, there's, there's a lot of um, negative things happening. You know, there's cyberbullying and trolling and, and that stuff. There's piracy and all of that. But in addition to that, just the, the changing landscape of the delivery systems and what's possible and, and who can get in and how you get in, all of the opportunities and possibilities are there as well. And I just think it's an incredible, it, it shows the incredible force of, of the Indies and how they have propelled this entire revolution really now. They're, they're helping set the pricing uh, online. They're doing so many things. And it just felt right that Utopia be a part of that revolution theme. And I'm excited about it. Got a lot going. Absolutely. Lot oh, everybody's excited about it. Um, so like you were saying about indies setting the prices, I think that without indie authors, Amazon wouldn't have had the backing to go after some of the bigger publishers and say, you know what, you need to drop your prices so that we can offer better products to our customers at a lower price. Agreed. There was a a fantastic, yeah, absolutely. There was a fantastic article in Forbes a couple years ago about the maker movement. And it wasn't just about authors, although I would say half of the very long, extensive feature article was dedicated to the author movement. But it was just about this maker culture that the the DIY indiepreneur is really setting the pace and the standards for what's going on uh, in the world. And a lot of that had to do with... um, uh, you know, the recession in 2008 and with the econ- economy falling out and people had security with their homes and in their jobs. And then when all of that starts out from under you, if you have this sort of this idea of, well, what have I got to lose? Clearly, when I was taking the safe path, that didn't work out. So why not go after the dream? And so you see these pockets of these um, indiepreneurs from authors to musicians to, to jewelry makers to knife makers to all kinds of things happening um, out there, you know, the the food truck movement, all of that. And they're really setting the tone for the economy and, and the way commerce works and social commerce as well. So I, it was just, it, to me, you know, we got in a really, at a really good time, Utopia did, but being a part and, and being and watching the self-published authors and indie published authors mold what was happening, come on, that's just exciting stuff. And that honestly is nothing against traditionally published authors. I think it's nice when you shake the system. And and I think that the traditionally published authors and the traditionally uh, traditional published houses see that. And now they're working with authors in such a different way. There's more communication. Mm -hmm. There's more give and take. You can demand more. while, yes, authors have to do a lot more for themselves as well, but you, you see a different kind of reciprocity happening, and I think that's exciting. So there you have it. Right. I think that's absolutely amazing, and it fits perfectly with the revolution theme um, with Utopia of next year. And everybody, like, go out and make your change, right? That's part of yep. our podcast here is talking to people who are going out and making that change. Um, coming mm-hmm. from that is the debut collective anthology that's coming out. Um, it's all mm-hmm. stories of bravery. Uh, when did you hear about that, and what, what were your thoughts on that? Um, I did hear that they were uh, that there was a, an anthology of uh, coming out. I love seeing the stuff that people come up with um, that, that spawned out of Utopia. Yeah, that's like a whole revolution it's really in and of itself. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, okay, so back to that theme. What was the original theme that got canned? 
Um, I'd like to keep that close to the chest because I think we do want to use it eventually down the line. Um, so I'm going to hang on, to, hang on to it. But it was a fun one, and, and uh, I'd look forward to pulling it out in the next in the, in the coming years, if you know, if we're still around. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I hope we're around forever because it's just Utopia is just amazing. I don't know what I would do without that that re- escape, you know, with my people <laughs> once a year. It's it's just like nothing else. So have you heard about this unspoken, unwritten, zero negativity utopia policy? I have not, um, I, but I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, I myself am a, am a big, you know, I, I really do like to focus on the positive. And, you know, I, I've always said where your focus goes, energy flows, or as our parents called it, garbage in, garbage out, right? So. Right. If you're focusing on the negative, you get desensitized, you become more prone to it, and and it becomes okay in your life, and it's not okay, and it doesn't have to be that way. I think when you get used to seeing things a certain way, you think, well, that's just how it is, and it never, ever, ever has to be that way. That's a false – it's not true. It's not true. Um, So we we, we create our own reality. That doesn't mean – that cyberbullying doesn't exist or that trolls aren't out there or that piracy doesn't exist. It's not about turning a blind eye. It's about how you choose to focus on it. Are you going to just dwell and complain and, and tell story after story after story that you've heard? Or are you going to proactively do something positive and speak positively about how you can, what can come out of it, how you can change it together, what steps you can take to make a difference? And and I'm and I'm not just talking about the negative stuff. I'm just talking about in life in general. I mm-hmm. I don't like to hear about uh, you know competition. Friendly competition is great and fun. And you know with our revolution theme, we're having a field day that has competition, and and we're doing pantsers versus plotters in a battle royale, and that'll be really fun. But on the whole, when you turn when you turn peers uh, and friends into rivals. Um, that's not a healthy way to approach business because we go farther together than we do on our own. And, you know, I've said that time and again, you know, lift as you climb has been sort of our unspoken mantra at the con since year one. And um, I stand by that. So while I hadn't heard about that unspoken zero negativity policy, I'm sure not surprised and, and, and definitely encouraged by it. I like, I like hearing that other people are sick of that as well and that they want to, um, do a better way and live in a better way. If only right. for, or if only for four freaking days at the conference, yeah. <laughs> you know, just leave all that stuff. What have you got? Again, what have you got to lose by just letting go of that stuff and embracing a, a different way of thinking and a different way of, of approaching stuff, you know? Right. Absolutely. I think if you put the positive vibes out there and you tell people like, you know, this is a positive place to be, they come in with a positive attitude. Absolutely. Um, You know, a lot of people say like we're competitors, but I know you have a strong feeling about authors competing against authors. So where did that come from? Well, it's not just authors against authors. It's, I mean, it's marketing experts against marketing experts or whatever. I mean, I, I feel like you learn from your peers and yeah. when when mergers happen is when amazing things can really uh, really come about and you can create something completely new. Um, and that's you know when I see these anthologies and these book bundles, that's authors working together. That's collaborative marketing. That's cross promotion. And you're going to get farther with cross promotion than you are going to get with saying, well, that person's shit and their book is shit. And I mean, how does that help anyone? That certainly doesn't help you, and it definitely doesn't help them. So, you know, I, it just I just it doesn't make any sense to me. But that goes with for any industry. I mean, when mm-hmm. when two really smart smart tech guys get together, you know, Google's created, and you know, it's just incredible what you can do when right. two heads are are often better than one. You know? Oh, absolutely, so, absolutely. And I think I heard somebody say that. No, no one author can write enough books for all the readers in the world. So you need to share. <laughs> yeah, well, and and I've said that as well. It's like I've never ever met a reader who said, "You know what? I'm full. I'm done. No more." That's it. <laughs> you always want to. You're. I mean, we were ravenous for new authors and new books, and it's exciting. Like I can't get enough of you know. And yes, there's more books out there and, uh, to choose from, and and I get that it's a it's a cluttered and crowded market, 
all the more reason to work together instead of being this lone little dot out there, you know, find people you can work Absolutely. with and make, and make, make some noise together. Um, you know, I, I think the only person you should be competing with is with yourself um, or, or doing temporal, uh, temporal comparisons, which are, you know, where am I this year versus where I was last year? Those, that kind of competition I think is good. Absolutely. I think it's good to look at your yourself and your business and your books every year and say, okay, where was I and where do I want to go? And like reach for mm-hmm. a higher goal every, every year. Yeah. No matter what part of the year that happens in, like everybody needs to stop and look at themselves and say, okay, here's what I've accomplished. What can I do now? <laughs> it, Correct. Yeah, it matters. So um, keynote speakers for next year, is, is it possible for us to get maybe a name – well, I mean, right out of the gate, we announced Myra McIntyre was coming back. And Myra was our very first keynote speaker um, in 2012. And for those of you who weren't there, which is most of you because there were only 80 people there, um, I will tell you that what Myra brought to the table honestly set the tone for Utopia. She, Her keynote speech was titled, You Can Do It. And the full transcript can still be found online on her website. If you Google Myra McIntyre, you can do it speech. Oh, my gosh. You can read the entire transcript. But she also had a video created where she brought in all of her famous author buddies, and they created a video that was basically just a, a collage of everyone saying you can do it in some way. And it there was not a dry eye in the It just – it was like – We've found our home, you know, and, and Myra really sets the, the tone for all of it, and I could not have been more moved and happier. And um, Myra's had such an interesting journey herself over the past five years, and it didn't, it just felt right to, to ask her back. So she's doing a very special um, keynote on Wednesday night, um, as you know, in the evening after everyone checks in. There's going to be a special keynote at 7 p.m. that she will be doing. Um, as, for, as far as the other ones, the other keynote speakers go, I can't give you their names yet because the ink is still drying. But I will tell you that if you know anything about past speakers and, uh, and the lineup, uh, I like to bring in a diverse group. Um, in 2013, uh, I brought in a life coach by the name of Jen Sincero. She wrote a book called You Are a Badass. And again, it was it was while it's a nonfiction book, all of what she was speaking about and speaking to uh, resonated with the audience. And I decided that I wanted to bring in someone like that again for our five year anniversary. And I'm so I cannot wait to announce who it is. And um, she, you know, she may not be well known to our community, but she's well known in that community. And mm-hmm. with with our expansion into other genres, we also really wanted to make sure that we publicly and vocally dedicated ourselves to the mind, body, and spirit pieces of being an author and being a fan and being a service provider in this industry, that we're not just focusing on the business and marketing, but that we're really going after the balance and the mindset and the heart set pieces that that accompany it um, so that we have a well-rounded community. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just got chills. I'm so excited about the keynote speakers. It's going to be epic. Okay. Uh, So um, I know that you are running like secret signings around the U.S. with authors and a couple of those I noticed from Utopia. So um, what's up with that? Where did the idea come from? Where are you guys going? What's what's (laughs) Uh, up? You know, I think I actually, Amy, Amy Bartle uh, mentioned, she, she uh, went to a secret show by one of her favorite indie bands. And uh, I think we were just, she mentioned it online and posted stuff from it. And I said, ooh, wouldn't that be fun to do with authors? And, you know, as mentioned, you know, Amy and I sort of grown up together over the past five years in this industry. And we have a very uh, mutual respect and admiration for one another. And I, I love what she's accomplished and of course her books are absolutely phenomenal and um and i i hope that she <laughs> she goes to utopia every year so I, I i hope that she loves what we're doing too and she knows my background and and marketing and stuff and we just put our heads together and said hey you know why don't we try this it's never been tried before 
I'm always for tr- about trying new things and taking risks and seeing if it pans mm-hmm. out. And, and we've created some really special secret signings. And Amy is inviting um, some of her very her, she's inviting special guests to each one of the, the the secret signings. And while you get to know the the city and the date, you don't know the location. You don't know the location, the actual venue. And we've gotten some. We have some incredible incredible venues lined up. I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're not doing hotels. I'm so done with hotels. I live in one practically <laughs> you know, all year long. I'm always at the, the Millennium Maxwell House working on Utopia, then I'm there for a week during Utopia. I'm like, I just, I, I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to pick some really fun different venues. And so we just decided to go for it. And it's been, uh, our first one is September 13th in LA, and I cannot wait. We've got another oh one in gosh. Boston in May with Samantha Young and um, and Amber Lynn Natich. And then we've got one in London in July. And uh, and then there's a fourth one at the end of next year. So, Oh, my goodness. So exciting. Say hi to Katie for uh-huh. everybody while you're over in the U.K. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. She's awesome. So um, you're quite the little entrepreneur over there. I love it. I love it. I love all the different things you're doing. It's so cool. So you had a Monday mindset call yesterday um, for free, and I was there, and it was amazing. It really kicked my day off with an oomph. So um, I'm curious to know why you started that, and are you going to continue? Um, yeah, well, you know, uh, again, when I was building Social Deviance in 2011, for about a year and a half or almost two years, I actually held Monday calls. Um, I think they're a great way to start the week for 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 your business, it, it getting in the right headspace and you know setting a goal. And as my business progressed and as the evolution of me internally progressed, I knew that I wanted to start bringing more of the the, the mindset and heart set pieces to the table. And that's why I created the stand up stand out rake it in course um, because I felt like people were only focusing on the marketing pieces, but when you're not focusing on the doubt and the confidence and the the time management and the relationship management and the wealth consciousness and all of that other stuff, the self-care, um, none of that marketing stuff is going to stick. None of it. None of it. And right. so when I created that six-week course, I made sure that every Monday we started the week off with a very mindful Monday mindset call, and then later in the week we do the marketing call so that all everything's connected together. And, and when you go through the course, and when you go through the course, you can see how they connect. It's not like they're two totally separate things. You really do see how making peace with your desires allows you to to do things in marketing. You know, when when you when you uh, take care of the self care pieces and the confidence pieces, it allows you to become more visible online and, and opens up that space to be more visible and to uh, upgrade your brand in a very different way and to honor it and to own it and take ownership of it in a different way. And so they, they, they are very much connected. And that's how, and to me, everyone says, oh, it's business, it's not personal. And I disagree with that. Uh, I don't want to do business with anyone who doesn't take it personally. Um, so everything's connected. It all matters. And, and the way that we we have to pay attention to it so that we can thrive both externally and internally. Absolutely. And will I continue to do it? You know, I I will always be doing Monday Mindset calls, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Um, uh, You know, I've got some things in the works that I'm I'm hoping that will come to fruition by 2016. I have a lot of projects on my plate that I'm – so I've got to just – yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, she she started talking in my ear. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. Anyway, that's okay. it. <laughs> okay. Um. So all of that, are, are they archived? Are the calls archived at all? I do have some that are that are archived, but I, I release them sort of as special occasion type things. Or I, ha- I have every single recording that I've ever done over since 2011. Um. Is there a library online of them? No, but I do release release certain ones at certain times as, as you know special features and things like that. So, oh, gotcha. Okay, so all this ties back to social deviance, which I'm deadly curious about. Um, by the way, and everybody who's listening, that's Janet's stand up stand out program. Um, what made you start social deviance? Where'd that come from? 
Uh, well, I've been in marketing and promotion, uh, gosh, you know, my entire career in one, one, one way, shape, or form. I was in the music industry for, I don't know, 15 years or more. And out of that, actually, maybe it was more like 20 years thinking about it. I think I was in a long, long time, a really long time. And when, and then when I, again, I just, I decided that I didn't want to work in a gray cubicle anymore. And, and when I decided to, to make that choice, when I committed 100% to not working in a gray cubicle, I quit my job, I hired a business coach, and within a few months um, was doing really well in my business. And with it, it was less than 90 days, I think. And so I just, I, I remember I got a, credit card for the first time since college because, you know, in college I maxed them all out and then I just cut them all up and said, okay, never again. <laughs> and then when I, did, when I decided to like, okay, I'm going to really do this and I got a credit card, maxed it out, hiring my business coach and made it all back in less than 90 days, every single dime that I spent. So, um, I just made it happen. You know, you, you, you know, based on yesterday's call, which was about burning the boats and having a commitment strategy rather than an exit strategy from your life, it, it, that was my burning the boats moment. It was like, I will not give myself an out. I will not give myself a plan B. This is, it's do or die. And I, I mean, the thing is that, you know, I went to school for it. I, I knew, I, I know marketing and promotions well, and I continued my education in that, and I still do today. I never stopped going to trainings and events for my own um, nourishment. And I knew that I could do it. I just had to kick fear in the shins and say, okay, see you later, fear, and make it happen. So that's what happened. Yeah, you have that same all-in with Utopia. I love that. That's, that's really it's, it's inspiring to everybody who knows you and has listened to you or has taken your class. Um, it's just it's inspiring to listen to you and learn. Um, so thank you. Utopia means a lot to me, and the community means a lot to me, and I, I appreciate every single person. And and there's more on the line now, and it's not just me; it's mm -hmm. it's everyone. So I, I I'll bust my butt trying to make sure that it's the best it can be for everybody. Oh, we appreciate it. Just know that it does matter. <laughs> it definitely does matter. Um, so what programs do you offer with Social Deviance? What are the different levels and things. Well, right now I'm actually not taking any private clients. I usually private client work is actually my favorite, but that's on hold until October and then I'll open the doors again to um a, a select few. I usually take in about 3 to 5 um for private client work. But other than that, what I the offers that I have right now are is really just the the stand up stand out rake it in course, the home study course for authors, and that's you can find that at thesocialdeviance.com forward slash stand up dash home study um, and that's my only offer right now that, that I've got going just because I've got all these events that I'm that I'm working on and, and doing because um, I was you know hired by Amy and some other people to do stuff so absolutely so what are what what what, what can somebody come into that program and what can they hope to leave with what, what will it do for them hopefully it educates them to a different way of doing business um, hopefully it helps them uh, you know get rid of the doubt demons or at least recognize them for what they are and, and understand that other people's truth isn't necessarily the truth and help you shed some of the old belief systems in your life and hopefully help you create healthy relationships and and allow yourself to want it, uh, not feel mm -hmm. guilty about it, and, and go after it full throttle. And, you know, but ultimately what you get out of it is up to you. Um, it's, uh, you know, are you going to do all the work? Are you going to um, listen to all of the the recordings? Um, and are you going to be dedicated to it? It's always up to the person that what they get out of it, you know. Uh, all of the material is there. Yeah. And and certainly it's just a matter of, of making the decision and, and going for it for yourself, for your family, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, it's kind of like college. You're investing in yourself and your future, right? <clears throat> so mm -hmm. whatever whatever you do and you don't do is completely up to you. If your professors give you the material, if you learn from it, yay. If you don't, that's completely on you. You can't say, oh, mm -hmm. that professor did this or that professor did that. Absolutely. 
So, um, and if you're somebody that needs accountability, the, the good thing is when you buy that course, you're automatically, you automatically get put into the private Facebook group, Facebook group um, the Stand Up Indies Facebook group, and then you have a whole community of women who can encourage you and support you through your journey. If you need more personal attention, then in October when I open up again to private clients, then uh, you know, I'm more than happy to talk with people and, and see if, if I can help them. Absolutely. That's awesome. Overcoming doubt demons is something that's difficult for everyone, I think, especially new authors who are just coming out and trying their best and they don't know where they're going. They're kind of flailing in the pool of everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's so many mm-hmm. books being published every year. It's like, who am I? What difference can I make? And unless you grasp hold of that with two hands and shake it and say, you will be mine. I will own you. You don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, you know, it's interesting to, that you say that because I mean, who who are you? There is the thing is, is my answer. My I always answer that question. Well, there's only one you, and there will only ever be one you in the history of the universe. Mm-hmm. In the history of the universe, there will only ever be one you, ever. That to me answers that question. Well, you're you, of course. And you're only supposed to be you. And if you have that desire in your heart, there's a reason that you have the desires in the heart, in your heart. There's a reason why you want that thing so bad. It's because you already have it in you to make it happen. And, you know, if you, if you, whatever you believe in, if you believe in God or the universe or whatever it is, or source power, whatever it is that you believe in, I don't believe that there's a God that would give us desires without the ability to make them a reality. I just absolutely, don't, and if I and don't believe we live in a world like that, right? I don't. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't believe that we live in a in a hate yeah in a hateful or de- deceptive universe. I think that everything yeah. is there for a reason and set up for abundance and, and success. You just have to make it happen, and and sometimes that's easier said than done when you've got obstacles and struggles in your way, but you know, when you don't believe in yourself, sometimes it just takes someone else saying, I believe in you. I believe yes. in you, you know? Yes, absolutely. I had, I struggled with depression for a long time and I spent some time in a hospital and one of the, one of the uh, counselors there, it wasn't even a psychiatrist. He was just a counselor. It was, he was a lot like you. And he looked at me and he said, you know, there's not a lot of people that I could say this to and think that it would do any good. But if you want anything to happen in your life, you're going to have to make it happen. And mm-hmm. him saying that to me really, it resonated, you know, and I thought, wow, I have to look at life in a whole different way. And I kind of woke up, like you're saying, and and took hold of my life and stop the negativity and said, okay, this is what I want to do. So this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make it happen. And I think a lot of people yeah. get caught up in that. Oh, I can't. Or, you know, if, if it's important. I can't right now. Or when this happens, when right. this happens, then I can do that. They're waiting for permission. And really that, it, that mm-hmm. becomes just fear. I mean, I, I, hear, I do hear a lot. Well, you know, when this happens, then I can do that. And that, da, 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 or it's like, gosh, you know, I wish, I wish that, when you find yourself saying, I wish that, you know, you know, I wish there was yeah. a conference that brought together paranormal young adult, adult authors, you know, instead of <laughs> waiting for something to come along, just create it yourself, make it happen. Um, and, and don't wait, don't wait for permission. Don't wait for someone else to think of it. Just do it or go find Absolutely. other people and do it with them. Yes, one of my favorite quotes of all time is, if it is important to you, you will find a way. And if it is not, you will find an excuse. Find an excuse, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I've noticed a difference between... I've really noticed a difference between people that are fully dedicated and committed to what it is they want and and people who will look for any out. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really amazing the excuses people will come up with that will let it, they will let it stop them. They will let it stop them from a flat tire to 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 major things. And you've got to decide: Am I going to let this slow me down? Am I going to let this stop me? Or am I going to do whatever it takes to make it happen? Right. You know exactly. So. Yep, it all starts with you. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> so it's that kind of goes back to Utopia. There. Do you know how many lives have been touched by Utopia? Uh, this is where I start to, to blush and get a little 
succulent and stuff. I hope it's touched many lives. I mean, that would be amazing. It would be amazing if it had. I really, it's touched my life. It's changed my life forever, forever. I never, when when I walked into that kid group and I said, hey, I want to host a conference and invite these people, I never thought it would change my life the way it has in, in such amazing and incredible ways. It's open doors and opportunities, and I've got friends that I can't even tell you have touched touched me and and it just it's been amazing it's been absolutely so i to hear that it's changed lives is a big deal and and i think a lot of that says a lot about the community itself because the community that we that that we've created here mm-hmm. propels itself it's a self propelled community you know like i see all of you reaching out and helping others and i see all of you creating your own things and 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 lifting each other up and, you know, creating anthologies and creating your own conferences and creating events and, and signings and new businesses or, mm-hmm. or uh, indie, you know, indie visible literary justice for all. I mean, those kinds of things, when I see that stuff happen, I'm like, wow. You know, and if Utopia was the place where you met that person or was the place where you got inspired to lead your dreams instead of chasing them and following them, awesome. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's that's then mission accomplished for us. Um, but ultimately, it, you know, as as much as I love hearing that, it always boils down to the person taking the action themselves, making it happen, which is, you know, which is the best yeah. part. Yeah, but if they were never in that that safe place or that place where they felt empowered, it would never have happened. So you have to kind of take a little bit of credit there, and, you know, be like, wow, this matters to people. You know what I mean? Because it does. It it matters exponentially to so many authors that go. I, there have been, I know you listen to this show, there have been so many tears so far. I mean, we're just what, two months into this. People talk about Utopia and they talk about the experience and the people they met and how it um, impacted their lives or changed them and they cry. And I think that speaks a lot to the event itself. Like it, you know, the impact that it's having on people's souls, like their insides, it's changing them for the better. I love hearing that. And I, and I, I do, um, you know, and, and I do I, I do say thank you, and I do appreciate the love that's that's shown to Utopia. It's interesting, you know. Um, there's that there's this little voice that I hear sometimes, and, and I, that comes up and creeps up, and and my clients tell me about. You, you have this idea. You want people to be successful. Can you hear me? Oh, Joe, yeah, can you, you cut out me? there for a moment. You cut out for a moment, oh. yeah, but you're back. <laughs> okay. Well, there's, you know, uh, what I was going to say is, you know, of course, I, I absolutely say thank you to to anyone who um, attributes their inspiration from Utopia because that is exactly what we're trying to build, and, and I'm very appreciative of it. But, you know, you oftentimes hear um, you want people to be successful, but not too successful. It's like when they reach a certain point, you start looking for the flaws and you start chipping away at their success. Well, they got lucky or aren't they full of themselves or aren't they entitled or da 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 da. And I you know, I see that happening with authors who reach a certain level of success where we where we start to make excuses either for why they're so success, successful or for why it won't last or they don't deserve it. And there's that fear in me that people will start to say that about utopia. They're going to get too full of themselves or they're, you know, they're whatever that is. And that's those are my own fears that I have to deal with and that I have to take on. And so there's that tendency to to want to deflect um everyone saying amazing things about us. You know, I had two different groups create fundraisers for Utopia in the past few months without even talking to me about it, which was so it, it was a very eye-opening experience to me because, you know, I had this tendency to want to control the message and control the brand so that um, uh, we don't lose sight of the, the goal, which is to help the people. And then I realized that I had to let go and I had to let the community that I built, I had to empower them and let them do what they wanted to do and just say thank you and step back and then manage whatever happens from if there's fallout, just manage it. Um, and, and the people who would respond negatively to any of those types of things, then I have to say 
that's their story, not my story, you know. And I, so I've learned a lot along this this road too. Um, I want all of us to be massively successful. I want Utopia to be huge, but huge in a way that we can still tackle hug each other. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So um, I, I learn every day. Every day I'm learning something new, and and I and I do. I'm so grateful to this community. I'm grateful to people like you and to all of the the bloggers who have helped spread the word and to. And, you know, this is, you know, I'm not, I haven't experienced this anywhere else, and it's because my experience is limited, I'm sure. But to hear people talk about Utopia, not just for one week, but year-round, year-round? Mm-hmm. In August, people are saying, when's June? That's phenomenal to me. And, and it raises the standards in me, like, okay, I have to deliver the best event for these people. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited and I'm grateful and I'm empowered and I think together we can do anything and we're creating it together anyway, right? So Absolutely. here's the five more years, I hope. <laughs> My husband likes to tell me that um, I plan for the event all year round. So and I do too. So so I'm in good company then. Oh, you absolutely are yeah. because and and I see other authors. They're like, okay, we're going to Utopia next year. What can we do that's special? You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's twelve months away. And they said, yes, but we're we're eager to go back. So we want to start planning now so we can have all the excitements in the field. You know, because awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> absolutely. So, yeah. um, panels for Utopia this year. How were those chosen? And they were just announced on the blog. Everybody, if you want to go to utopiacon.com, check out the blog. Uh-huh. Go see what panels are there. Um, how were those picked this year? I think there's some amazing this year? panels, by the way. Yeah. Um, well, the past couple of years, we've actually asked for suggestions. Um, the community knows what they need more than we do. And so we just ask you, what do you, what is it you guys need to see more of? What is it you haven't seen that you want to see? Or and and so um, a lot of it was panel suggestions, um, but we also had requests to bring back older panels and maybe see them uh, attacked at a different angle. Um, mm-hmm. We, you know, we did retire a couple this year, uh, or at least put them on hiatus, um, but we did bring back a few that were requested and we I would say half the panels um are new suggestions half of them were old ones brought back and then also we because we expanded uh into other genres I wanted to make sure that we had um one or two middle grade focused ones I think the adult side is covered in a lot of the panels um mm-hmm. but I wanted to make sure that we specifically looked at middle grade in the in, you know on one or two panels and so we've done that mm-hmm. and then you know we have the the game the he said she said game which was a big hit uh, this year so of <laughs> course we're bringing that back next year adam coons is the best host ever um <laughs> he just is such a riot he went full throttle he brought music he gets everyone excited he's just you know i just love adam so much so um i'm excited to have that game back and you know that that's how they were chosen so it's it's a it's a collaborative effort as most of what goes on is um <laughs> you guys suggest it we find a way to make it happen and um the the utopia idea exchange talks will also be coming back and we're trying to figure out how we're going to uh do that this year um so because we got right. some recommendations and we've got to see work with the hotel to see if we can pull it off i don't know we'll see Oh boy, they were really good last year. Um, I did make it to a couple of them, the little talks, the idea yeah. exchange talks. They, they were, were, and I was really so good. excited about yeah. that. You know, I was pleasantly surprised, and I think it's always nice when, again, these are community-led discussions. Um, so it's it's cool. Um, we got some recommendations, maybe not to have it in Maxwell's, and so we're the the reality of creating an event is you, we don't always get what we want. You know, so the logistics right. of pulling it off become uh, well. Let's see. Let's see. We'll just see. <laughs> so we're, we're trying to work it out for everybody, but you know, but they will definitely happen, and we will make that announcement soon as well. Nice, and we've got some nice, other things. Nice. You know, we're going to do an anthology contest, an official Utopia um, anthology contest that's going to come up this fall. Um, that's a mm-hmm. big collaborative effort, and I cannot wait to share with you what that's going to be about, and and uh, who that's going to be benefiting because it's not going to be benefiting Utopia. Um, and we've got some other stuff 
you know, we're doing an official uh, Utopia book club that will hopefully launch before the end of the year, if not in January, and it's going to be called Spoiling Utopia, um, where we're going to, you know, obviously talk about the books that we've read. So thus, in the title is the spoiler. <laughs> so Spoiling Utopia, <laughs> not <laughs> exciting. So we'll do that. So we'll be doing that book club coming up, cool. and and then there's and there's more things that I can't share yet, but just know that they are coming, and we're excited about them. Oh, I'm I'm excited about them. I don't even know what's coming. So, Woo. <laughs> whatever you guys come up with is always epic. So I can't I can't wait to hear. Um, yeah, I actually buggered out of the debut collective anthology because I have so much on my plate, and I was like, no, mm-hmm. I know that there's that. Utopia anthology, and I'd kind of like to try for that too. So I, yeah. I was weighing my my options for the rest of the year. So yeah, that's definitely on my to do list when it becomes available. Um, so I know that the panels are being split into new and then intermediate and advanced for next year. So we have about two and a half minutes left. So just can you give us like a brief overview of why that was? Why they were still with that? Well, we're, it won't be new, inter, intermediate, advanced. It will be sort of there's going to be a, a a newbie or beginner track, and then there will be sort of an intermediate and advanced track that's the same track. You know what I mean? So it depends on where you are in your career as to whether you think it's intermediate or advanced. But they're pretty much going to be the same track. And then we also have some that are um, that we're going to be that are going to be genre specific. Um, and then we're going to have some that are. Uh, you know, we kind of did an under 17 and over 17 track, and then we did uh, we divided them into three different things. One was beginner and intermediate, and one was age, and then one was something else. And I'm honestly, Joe, I'm having trouble remembering Probably. what it was. <laughs> Um, but they will be labeled. I mean, the panels themselves, if you read a few of them, even say these are, oh, oh, it was reader, it was fans, fans and industry. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. So, oh, awesome. So fan panels, because we added a couple of more fan panels this year, too, because we had some requests for that as well. So we have fan and industry, beginner, intermediate, and um, then sort of, you know, age, basically. Yeah. So there will be collectives of different genres, basically, that people can go and meet other authors in their genre? Is, is that kind of, do we have that? Absolutely. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, with with the SCED app, you can see everyone that's going to, you know, when you sign into that SCED app and you create your account you, and you pick which panels you go to, anyone that you're connected to on, you know, you can see people from Facebook in there and all that and you'll see where they're going and what they're attending and you can divide and conquer if perhaps there's a, a panel that you want to go to at the same time or you're like, oh, that person's going to that panel, I'm definitely going to that panel because I want to meet them. You know, yeah. so the, the good thing about having a socially interactive schedule it gives you that ability to create your own itinerary and then socially share it and maximize it. Oh, absolutely. That'll be awesome. Okay, well, we're out of time today. I appreciate you coming on the air with me. Thank you so, so much. I'm so excited about Utopia 2016. Yeah, well, I am sorry for the technical difficulties, and I just had a blast talking with you. And um, we are going to be hosting a, a live Q&A on, later in, on, on the event page, on the Utopia event page. Okay, awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you.